You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. And good morning, it's Annie for Showreel 3CR's look at the Australian film industry. And today we're going to go a bit left field. We're going to have a chat with Tully Arnott, who was the recipient of the last instalment of the Mordant Family uh, VR Commission. Uh, and uh, he, it's called Fights, and it uh, is focusing on... Uh, allowing the uh, participant in the uh, virtual reality experience to gain a sense of what it feels like to be a plant, which is a fantastic thing. Uh, It's running from the 4th to the 27th of November at the uh, Gallery 3 at Acme, Fed Square. It's a free entry, but booking is recommended. Uh, It's... uh, And... uh, Tully gives us an idea of what it's all about. It's, it runs for 12 minutes, the experience, and uh, it's highly exciting sort of uh, a thing to be part of VR. It's, a, it's really interesting stuff, and it's, it's certainly a different way of experiencing uh, moving image and uh, sensory uh, connection. Um, but before we get on to that, uh, I just want to let you be... Uh, uh, know about a festival. It's a, a Sadiq Sadkin uh, f- film festival. Now, Sadiq was, we interviewed him a while ago. He, he, made, he made a film with uh, John Flouse and it was, it was exploring the uh, uh, ageing. Uh, and he is a internationally acclaimed contemporary experimental um Film artist and uh, a fantastic uh, way of making movies in a way that uh, really uh, is at the vanguard of uh, of uh, sensory perception, really. Uh, and uh, the film uh, that it starts off this festival is an anti-war film called Boy Among the Ruins. It runs for thirty three minutes, and it's going to be screened. the The festival itself is a uh, is uh, a combination of uh, something like four or five films by uh, Sadiq Sal King's films uh, and it's going to be shown down at the uh, uh, library uh, space at uh, down at Docklands which is uh, you know a fantastic way of uh, using um, spaces uh, let's see let's see what they call it it's called um, uh, da, 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 da. Oh, here it is. I've got the information. I did actually find it. It's a festival of Sandik Selkic films 
Having made five films this year, including four features, it is a celebration of cinema of Sadiq Salkin, S-A-I-D-I-N, S-A-L-K-I-N, Boy Among the Ruins, and Frightened. It's going to be shown Saturday the 19th of November at 2pm to 5pm, and it's going to be at the Library at the Dock, 107 Victoria Harbour Promenade, Docklands. If you haven't been there, it's a really nice place to go, actually. And uh, on that uh, screening, there's going to be a Q&A, and it's going to include John Flaus, Senses of Cinema editor uh, Fiona Villa, Villa and, of course, the director, Selkik. Um, I probably said his name incorrectly. He did improve my uh, pronunciation when I did speak to him about uh, the previous film. Um, hopefully we'll be able to speak to him again because, like I said, they're fantastic films. He, he, ma- he makes a really interesting, fascinating film. Anyway, you're on uh, 3CR with uh, Annie on Showreel and we'll go on to our uh, conversation with Tully Arnott about Fights, which is, as I said, the last instalment in the Mordant Family VR Commission. Uh, here we go. Let's hear more about it. I, I wanted to talk to you about Fights. Um, the first thing I was thinking about was uh, your earlier work was uh, about... Uh, was sculptural, and I was wondering about your journey. Uh, how, how interesting it must be to go from uh, creating sculptures to creating virtual reality. And I was wondering what your approach was. Yeah, well, um, I guess a lot of my sculptures deal with the way our life is mediated by technology. Um, working with kinetic sculptures that engage things like iPhones and dating apps and things like that that sit between us and our relationships or the way that we engage with the world. And VR is an extension of that in a sense. And um, it's kind of interesting. The project was commissioned in 2019. So it, it spanned the entirety of COVID and the... Uh, increase in screen time or the increase in um, prominence of things like the metaverse or uh, virtual realities. So it's kind of um, just moving into following the technology where um, it goes, which has been quite interesting. Yeah, because uh, I was going to say that the themes do converge, don't they? I mean, it's a fascinating um, idea that you're you're working with. can you tell my listeners about uh, how epiphyte, uh, what, what epiphyte, for example, means, word? Why have you chosen that term? Yeah, uh, well, epiphyte, I guess it's a type of plant. It's a plant that lives upon another plant. Um, a lot of tropical um, plants that people might have, have at home, like a, a monstera or a lot of philodendrons or... Um, air plants, anything in that sort of family, um, they live upon other plants and they get moisture from the air or nutrients from dead leaves falling on the tree. Um, And I guess they live in a very symbiotic way, uh, a way that's in harmony with the ecosystem that they're part of. They're living on something, but they're not taking away from it. They're not parasites in that sense. And I guess the 
the interconnectedness, interconnectedness of epiphytes I saw as a good model for ways of interacting with other people, um, but being a bit more sort of communally minded or a bit more, um, yeah, a bit more porous in understanding our boundaries of ourselves and other people and how we interact. Well, that, I mean, that's, that's part of, part of um, the process of this particular uh, virtual reality uh, um, production, I suppose you'd call it, um, is that you're taking the uh, person who is involved, who's, you're thrusting them into a situation where they're actually, you're reducing their dependence on uh, sight and increasing their perception of uh, uh, hearing and smell and all the other types of uh, senses. And there's a reason for this. Tell, yeah. tell us about that. <laughs> um, I feel, I, I actually, I met with a eco-philosopher the other day, Glenn Albrecht, and he's really into birds and was telling me, well, I'd, I'd read his book and he mentioned how his father taught him when he was quite young that if you want to discover things in the forest, the first thing you do is close your eyes and listen. And um, the way that you can spot birds, you don't do that with sight, you do that by listening. I think uh, our other senses are stronger than we give them credit for. Um, I think that the sort of oculocentric approach that humans can have, um, you know, I, I love looking at things too, but I, I think there's uh, different issues that may arise through focusing just on the one sense. Um, I, th I think uh, vision is something that can at times identify something as outside of the self or not connected to the self, whereas touch, there's a more of an interaction. Sound, um, you know, sound is uh, vibration entering your ears. I think, um, yeah, the way that we interact with multiple senses um, is maybe a bit more generous in the way that we open ourselves up to the world or listen to the world in different ways. There's a core. There's a core reason for this. So you've got a philosophical, uh, the philosophy behind this particular VR is de-centering uh, de, um, humans and uh, placing humans in a context of the environment that they are actually quite often divorced from. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I, I follow, um, I guess, what's called sort of post-human thought in a sense, uh, an understanding of um, other forms of being or other you know, entities and other, some people call this um, more than human as an alternative to post-human and it's, it's looking at incorporating the perspective or viewpoint of yeah, different animals. Um, in, in this project I've worked with evolutionary ecologists Monica Gagliano and she does experiments looking at the perception of plants, the uh, potential for plants to store memory or have uh, a sentience or understanding of their, um, their environment well beyond what we give them credit for. And I think the more we open up to uh, points of view outside of our own or outside of a purely human point of view, I think um, 
there's an empathy or a connectedness that can come from that. In fact, I was thinking about uh, the practicalities of putting a piece like this together. I mean, it, they say that uh, you, yeah, you began with the notion of uh, uh, exploring your own uh, notional childhood backyard, for example. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, and I guess that's like a fundamental thing. It's thinking about what brings me to create a work like this. And growing up, um, my parents were lucky to have a backyard with a giant Sydney blue gum, um, lots of um, ferns and um, different plants and trees. And I guess to me that was a normal thing. Uh, actually, as a kid, I, I didn't like it. I wished it was a, just a patch of grass to run around on, but I understand how special that is to me growing up. Yeah, so growing up around... The nature and um, having a connection to bushwalking and to trees was, yeah, I think something that I wasn't uh, expressing in my creative practice at the beginning, but I think have learned to sort of present that as, you know, what's important to me or, um, you know, this, this connection to nature that is, I think, valuable for all humans. Well, this is a key, this is a key um, exploration in this. I mean, you you not only have the uh, person involved in the sensory uh, feel of what's going on, but there is a there's a um, you've gone and done a lot of work because you've done a lot of sound collection of sounds. You've actually spoken yeah. to a couple of different, as you said. Uh, uh, Monica Galliano, who's an evolutionary ecologist, and then also an acoustic archaeologist, as well as a teacher who, uh, who's a blind blind person, who's an activist and a researcher. These people have yep. contribute to as elements to this experience that people are involved in. And then you've also you, all of this stuff is then transduced through a sense of uh, spatial sound spatial uh, manipulation i mean this is a, a truly interesting production tell me more about it oh, how, you, you. How, how you how you i mean i was reading this stuff and i think this is a fascinating approach so you've you've really worked out a methodology yeah. for taking a person through perhaps even you could even say a beginning a middle and end narrative is it yeah there's there's a narrative of sorts, but it's also something that um, each each experience is going to be unique. The the virtual reality is about uh, 12 minutes long, but there's close to an hour of conversational dialogue um, from uh, yeah evolutionary evolutionary ecologist Monica Gagliano, acoustic archaeologist Umashankar Mantravadi, and echolocation teacher Thomas Dajo. Um, so no two people are going to have the same experience. You can explore and listen to these different thoughts. Or I've I've been through the work dozens of times myself, and uh, sometimes I'll just lie there and absorb this environment. And I think it's kind of, uh, to me, important to give the audience a bit of agency in the way that they engage with it. Uh, I think touching on the sound that you mentioned, uh, it's an element of virtual reality that 
Uh, people don't think of as the first thing. They think of it as a visual medium. Um, the the headset is actually called the Oculus Quest. So Oculus or the ocular is very central to that idea. But sound you can manipulate in virtual environments in a way that you can't in the real world. You can have uh, very tight elements of sound that are... Uh, say, inhabit the space of a basketball or a small sphere, which then don't bleed out of that. Um, and you can really control where sounds start and end. And it's not something that can happen in reality. So it's quite fun to play around with that and have uh, field recordings of different um, animals or different things uh, that I've experienced in nature in the last few years. Um, really giving audiences a chance to explore and... Um, hopefully feel like they're navigating in a new way um, to normal. Oh, that's fascinating. Tell me about... Um... I'm Tommy Murphy, screenwriter for Holding the Man. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio. And we'll get on with that uh, next bit of that conversation with uh, Tully Island about uh, Effie Fights. Um, but... Uh, before we do, I should remind you that uh, Tommy Murphy, who, who just gave us a little message, uh, is the writer of a actually very good series on the ABC on Saturday and Sunday. It's called uh, Significant Others. Really well-made program, uh, really beautifully written. So uh, touche Tommy Murphy. So if you haven't watched it, then uh, you should go back and look at iView and have a check it out. We'll listen to the uh, second part of my conversation with Tully about his uh, VR uh, production that is playing at uh, Acme starting on the 4th to the 29th, 27th of November. It's uh, going to be at Gallery 3 at Acme and uh, uh, it's free entry, but uh, booking is advised. The editing process of this, I mean, uh, did you have to learn a lot of uh, uh, new skills to be able to do this or did you work with people with skills? Yeah, I I tried to pick up as much as I can. I guess I love uh, learning new technology or new things. Uh, I worked with Dr. Josh Hull, uh, who runs a studio called Tactical Space Lab, and he's, he's a genius. He did the majority of the virtual reality stuff, um, a lot of the sound design, a lot of uh, different things within it to create something that, yeah, I guess it's it's unlike anything I've been in. It's it's quite a joy to be able to create something like that. So um, it, it almost looks like it's 3D. Um, and I was wondering if it had a storyboard or, you know, I mean, maybe that just sounds too pedestrian. No, yeah, we had we had a whiteboard in the studio that we worked with and we had a storyboard. But um, I guess it's, it's built within a video game engine. Um, and I think when you're working in a virtual environment like that, you view it from a, a flat computer screen, uh, but you can kind of move around it in the same way that you would a traditional video game. So I think once we establish the sort of flow of what would happen and then you populate this three-dimensional world with objects and sounds and, um, yeah, I think there's, you know, different different uh, variations of the work where we've played through and seen what's worked, uh, what hasn't worked. And, yeah, it's, it's a unique. It's, it's a different way of working to anything else I've done. It's not as linear and it's not as, yeah, it's not as easy as 
um, just film editing or other kinds of um, screen media. Mm. And and did can the uh, viewer or the person the person experiencing it uh, can they enter it in different ways, or is it something that they're help, uh, walked through, as it were? Mm, there, at Acme, where we have a little reading room where people can kind of wait while they're getting waiting for their turn, um, and then there's uh, exhibition space that they'll enter. I guess everyone starts at the same place and in a sense ends at the same place, but everything in between is a journey that they can take. I think the uh, space where people explore the work is eight metres diameter, and um, I've seen other virtual realities where people are seated, but I really wanted to have something where people can walk around oh, and right. lie on the floor, crawl around. Mm. So it's, oh, it's quite free-roaming. Yeah, yeah, that's really yeah. interesting. Um, the other thing is that it says that it, you use a diffuse shifting magenta palette. Tell me about that. Yeah, uh, so at the start of the project, I had a meeting with Monica Gagliano and uh, we were speaking about uh, plant perception. And I guess if you were trying to represent what a plant can sense uh, in terms of the ultraviolet or the um, infrared uh, waves around them. Um, obviously, they don't see in the same way that humans see, but they're sensitive to light. Um, they will move towards light or, yeah. Um, and the magenta, I guess, we were imagining that as the sort of palette that a plant would, would perceive. Um, magenta, the color that they absorb. Uh, and the diffuseness was uh, hinting towards that um, you know, not as perfected vision. So uh, it's quite soft uh, in the virtual environment and the palette also sort of shifts around quite a lot. Um, there's a point where the highlights and shadows invert as you're moving around, which is a little bit unsettling, but it's quite an interesting sensation to see things um, move in such a way in front of you. Mm, yeah. So you learned quite a lot. I mean, you, you explored perception quite deeply, I imagine. It must have been a startling but a revealing exploration for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't, you know, I, I still feel like I'm, I have a lot to learn. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it was a great team to work with. And uh, Monica is... I guess quite interesting in the way that she works with philosophers, scientists, um, writers, and theorists. So I've read all of well, most of her books, um, and yeah, I'm quite interested in having quite a lot of research behind what I do. So, mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I love learning. I love reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I suppose it would be remiss of me not to point out to people that. Uh, this is the final instalment of the Morden Family VR Commission, which um, was, is uh, supporting Australian visual artists with an established gallery-based practice to experiment with and extend their craft using VR. So how did you get involved? Uh, you must have put in a very good submission. Um, it, it, 
Yeah, it was an open uh, application process, and I put in a submission. But yeah, I was I was lucky. I guess um, they they got a few of us to pitch our projects uh, as a shortlist, and I think they connected with mine, which was great. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. I mean, eighty thousand dollars is not to be sneezed, especially putting forward a, such a major piece of work. It's it's quite extraordinary, but it's also possibly because it's so important the connection between humans and nature, and when we're in the midst of yeah. what people would call as an existential crisis. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um Definitely, yeah, it's it's a conversation that is important to have, and I think um, hopefully hopefully people connect with the ideas and the work. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for talking to me about the work that you've done. Thank you so much. Yeah, and that was Tully Arnott. Uh, his uh, piece, uh, Ephifites, is uh, a VR experience, virtual reality experience, and it runs from the 4th to the 27th of November at uh, Gallery 3 at Acme, Fed Square, uh, in Melbourne. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Entry is free, but bookings are recommended. Um, and they say visit the Acme website for more information. Uh, fasc- fascinating stuff. Don't forget that also there is a uh, uh, festival of Selnick films, uh, which are going to be at the Docklands 107 Victoria Avenue Harbour promenade Docklands. Uh, it's on the opening date is the 19th of November at 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. There's going to be a Q&A and um, he is a fantastic avant-garde filmmaker. If you want to experience film in a different way, he this these are really fascinating films. Uh, so uh, that's our wrap for uh, Showreel this week. We'll go out with a meandering and interesting Australian musician uh, piece, uh, Roll On, uh, Mia Dyson. Coming up next is Published or Not. Rolling with you, all a Sunday afternoon, I never So stand when you call me out, Mary and me. Mm-hmm. Oh, babe, you gotta roll on with what you got. Oh, yeah, babe, you roll on with what you. Dimes and the gods Wondering where my next movie Wondering where I'm gonna 
listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.